You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? The axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Whoa, 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 whoa. Happy New Year to you, John. Gee, Mr. I woke up on the wrong side of my sleeping mat. Uh, Maybe someone put locusts in your honey. Oh, you like it that way? Uh, Okay, well, Mr. Grumpy Pants, what's going on? On baptism of Jesus Sunday, it appears that we need to get past Jesus' angry cousin before we get to those Jordan River waters. And maybe not so fast and not so hard on John. We've been in the Gospel of Luke for several weeks now, and it's interesting that out of all four Gospels, Luke is the one who's least interested in Jesus' baptism but very interested in talking about John. And then furthermore, if we look back over the past several stories that we've heard and read over the few weeks, it's interesting how much John is talked about. The narrator wants John's life journey to be heralded and heard about. It starts with angelic surprise, Gabriel speaking to Zechariah saying, your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. The story continues in utero, with John kicking in the womb and leaping when he hears his relative Mary's greetings. John's favor is heralded in the temple in the first week of his life. It's this terrifying but amazing event with people scattering abroad the Judean countryside, shouting, the Lord is with John. What then will this child become? And then our last encounter is with John as a preteen, much the same age as we talked about Jesus last week as a 12-year-old. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways. And the child grew and became strong in spirit. And he was in the wilderness until the day he appeared publicly to Israel. Flash forward to today and this story where John is a young adult. You brood of vipers, the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Repent. Prepare the way of the Lord. Sometimes we think John is a bit overbearing or deranged from his wilderness ways. But Luke really is a John fan. And when he presents John to his first century hearers and those who would follow afterwards, Luke is really wanting to get everyone's attention. These shouts about vipers and axes is a call to wake up, repent, reorient your lives. Don't you see that Herod's wicked ways have subtly or maybe not so subtly led you astray? And for thousands of years, God's prophets have been shouting and speaking and warning and calling and inviting us to return. Return to God. 
return to God's ways of healing and justice and hope and mercy. Every valley be lifted, every mountain made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of our God. And I can't help but think that when John pronounced these words of Isaiah, maybe stories and phrases that he heard from his mom and his relative Mary were also echoed and resonated with these phrases. Those stories that he would have heard as a kid, where Mary and Elizabeth would have said, the mighty one will lift up the lowly. The hungry will be filled. The people of God will be taken by the hand of God and led into ways of mercy and hope and the great reversal. So John, the final prophet in the line of all prophets, commands the crowd's attention. And they don't jeer and justify. They don't shrink back. It's really interesting. They're not offended as we might be if we were called vipers. Have you been called a viper lately? Ouch. Turns out this crowd is curious. They earnestly want to hear more of the so what. The crowds ask, what then should we do? John answers, whoever has two coats, share with the one who has none. Whoever has food must do the same. The tax collectors, notorious for skimming off the top and embezzling funds, they too ask Jesus. Well, they first ask him to baptize them or to be baptized. They ask John that. And then they too ask, what, John, should we do? John replies, collect no more than you are required to. Those enlisted in Herod's army ask, how about us? What should we do? John commands them, do not extort. Do not threaten or falsely accuse. And be content with your wages. These three conversations are something we should pause with. And maybe mull over the meaning of what's going on in this back and forth between John and the crowd. I'm amazed at how simple the answers are. And for those of us who 2,000 years later are called and still called to bear good fruit, what might we learn here? How might we embody these exhortations from John? As we enter a new year, as we begin the season of epiphany, what's the revelation for us? What should we do? Let's do what repenting vipers are supposed to do. It's quite simple. Share. Be fair. Don't manipulate or bully. I'll say it again. Share. Be fair. Don't manipulate or bully. It feels like a page from Robert Fulgham's book. Remember that 90s book, Everything I Needed to Know I Learned in Kindergarten? Share. Be fair. Don't manipulate and bully. So as we restart and maybe reorient our lives in these first 
couple of weeks of 2021, maybe we need to repent, have a wake-up call, repent of the ways that have led us into places of death and harm versus light and love. So many images find their ways into our imaginations and our social media feeds in these days where we feel like light is being overcome by darkness. So how might we reset our hearts, our hopes, our imaginations, and seek to be these kind of Christ followers or John believers who share, who be be fair, who seek not to be bullies or manipulators. For those of us who count ourselves as the people of God, this is more than simply being a good citizen. These are ancient commands that we've heard and read about for years and years. The ancient texts of our God story have talked about these patterns and these ways for millennium. And yet we can be so bad at this. So God, help us repent of our ways. Help us hold on to those promises from thousands of years ago where Abraham said, I will bless you and make you a great nation so that you will be a blessing. And that's what blessing looks like. Sharing. Being a people of justice and equity. Being a people who don't lord over the other, who don't manipulate the system, but we seek to be a people of peace and healing for the nations. Our final hymn today, uh, our hymn writer really captures it well. I, I invite you to, as we are singing that final hymn, maybe grasp onto a phrase or a verse to carry with you into this new season. I'm drawn to verse 2, where the hymn writer writes, Lead your people into freedom. From despair your world release. That redeemed from war and hatred, all may come and go in peace. Show us how through care and goodness, fear will die and hope increase. Oh God, help us to bear good fruit. This is a work for all of us, regardless of age or stage of life, whatever we're going back into this week, whether it's the school hallways or work corridors or maybe staying at home or working quietly behind the scenes. Or maybe your life takes you into places of influence or positions of power this week. But we can all do this good fruit work. But one more thing in today's story, we've got a baptism to get to. And so if you don't have water near you, I encourage you to get some water near you. We've got a baptism to get to. The crowd's response to John is full of expectation and amazement. And and they get sidetracked and start murmuring, could John be the Messiah that we're waiting for? And of course, John is quick to quench this rumor. He knows his place. He says, one who is more powerful than I is coming. I'm not worthy to unbuckle his sandal. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And then Luke whisks John off the stage and brings Jesus front and center. 
And on baptism of Jesus Sunday, we need to be reminded of this Jesus who leads the way, who humbly submits to the will of God and then empowers us to be these kind of people who share justice and justly, a people who walk and serve and love with equity, a people who seek to love and not lord power over the other. And we don't even know who baptizes Jesus in Luke's version of the story, but when it happens, the heavens open up, the Holy Spirit descends upon him in bodily form like a dove. I wondered what that looked like. And um, the uh, Christian seasons calendar that a few of us use year after year, and this is available from a, a church in Vancouver, the Christian seasons calendar has this great image that I thought captured it well for us. And Evan, Evan's going to put that image on the screen. The Holy Spirit descends upon Jesus in bodily form like a dove. And a voice announces from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. You often hear us teaching and preaching here at First Baptist Church about the reality that this work of generosity and love and equity and justice and healing, we can't and don't do this in our own strength. We believe that the inspiration and the enthusiasm and the empowering presence is found in and sourced from the firstborn of all creation, our living Lord, Jesus, who goes ahead of us, who prepares the way for us, whose spirit is at work in us to be the hands and the feet and the heart and the voice of Jesus. Through care and goodness, fear will die and hope increase. So on baptism of Jesus, on baptism of Jesus Sunday, I want you to touch water. If there's some water near you, touch it. This Christian symbol that for hundreds and hundreds of years has uh, meant refreshment. It's been a part of our baptism. And whether you've been baptized or not, you can touch water today and know of Jesus' presence, of Jesus' healing, of Jesus' relief, of Jesus' hope, of Jesus' refreshment. So touch water today on Baptism of Jesus Sunday. Feel the cleansing water of our Lord and believe that as we pray, as we worship, as we sing, as we be the people of God together, the baptism of Jesus refreshes, renews, reveals, and heals today. We have a prayer that is found in our Baptist British Union prayer book, and Evan's going to post that. And I thought, as we touch water, as we think of the cleansing and the renewal of Christ, might we remember our baptism? 
or remember the refreshment that comes from Christ and his presence? And might we, as the body of Christ, pray this prayer together. Loving God, we praise you. Your love and grace are more than we can imagine. For your word of love made flesh in Jesus Christ, for his birth in Bethlehem, sharing our life, for his baptism in the Jordan, sharing our way, we thank you. You have called us to follow Jesus, and by your grace, you meet us in the waters of baptism. Today, we renew our vows. We renew our vocation, and we call upon your gracious help. Anoint us by your Spirit, that we might truly live as those who are baptized and blessed into your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Empower us by your Spirit, and be with us, we pray, in the name of your Beloved. Amen.